0: Foundation's Essential American Poets podcast. Essential American Poets is an online audio poetry collection. The poets in the collection were selected in 2006 by Donald Hall when he was poet laureate. Recordings of the poets he selected are available online at poetryfoundation.org and poetryarchive.org. In this edition of the podcast, we'll hear poems by Sharon Olds, Sharon Olds was born in 1942 in San Francisco. She earned a B.A. from Stanford University and a Ph.D. in English literature from Columbia University. Olds recalls the end of her education as the beginning of a new life. On the steps of the Columbia University Library, after years of studying other poets, Olds vowed to become a poet on her own terms. Her first book of poetry was published eight years later, when Olds was 37. Olza's poetry is remarkable for its unsparing honesty. Her first book, Satan Says, explored sexual territory with surprising candor. The books that followed examined family relationships and politics with the same forthrightness. Olza's best-known book is The Father. The narrator charts her father's illness and death from cancer in intimate, graphic detail. Sharon Olds has written nine books, and her poetry appears in many anthologies— she has received fellowships from the Guggenheim Foundation and the National Endowment for the Arts. She has also won many awards, including the Lamont Poetry Award, the National Book Critics Circle Award, and the T.S. Eliot Prize. Olds is a longtime teacher in New York University's creative writing program. She's also the founding chair of the writing program at Goldwater Hospital for the Physically Disabled. The poems you are about to hear were recorded in New York City in 2009.
1: I go back to May, 1937. I see them standing at the formal gates of their colleges. I see my father strolling out under the ochre sandstone arch, the red tiles glinting like bent plates of blood behind his head. I see my mother with a few light books at her hip, standing at the pillar made of tiny bricks, The wrought iron gate still open behind her. Its sword tips aglow in the May air. They're about to graduate. They're about to get married. They're kids. They're dumb. All they know is they're innocent. They would never hurt anybody. I want to go up to them and say, Stop. Don't do it. She's the wrong woman. He's the wrong man. You are going to do things you cannot imagine you would ever do. You are going to do bad things to children. You are going to suffer in ways you have not heard of. You are going to want to die. I want to go up to them there in the late May sunlight and say it. Her hungry, pretty face turning to me. Her pitiful, beautiful, untouched body his arrogant, handsome face turning to me, his pitiful, beautiful, untouched body. But I don't do it. I want to live. I take them up like the male and female paper dolls and bang them together at the hips like chips of flint, as if to strike sparks from them. I say, do what you are going to do, and I will tell about it. His Stillness The doctor said to my father, You asked me to tell you when nothing more could be done. That's what I'm telling you now. My father sat quite still, as he always did, especially not moving his eyes. I had thought he would rave if he understood he would die, wave his arms and cry out. He sat up, thin and clean, in his clean gown, like a holy man the doctor said, there are things we can do which might give you time, but we cannot cure you. My father said, thank you. And he sat motionless, alone, with the dignity of a foreign leader. I sat beside him. This was my father. He had known he was mortal I had feared they would have to tie him down. I had not remembered he had always held still and kept quiet to bear things, the liquor a way to keep still. I had not known him. My father had dignity. At the end of his life, his life began to wake in me. Rite of Passage As the guests arrive at our son's party— They gather in the living room, short men, men in first grade, with smooth jaws and chins. Hands in pockets, they stand around jostling, jockeying for place, small fights breaking out and calming. One says to another, how old are you? Six. I'm seven. So? They eye each other, seeing themselves tiny in the other's pupils. "'They clear their throats a lot, "'a room of small bankers. "'They fold their arms and frown. "'I could beat you up,' a seven says to a six, "'the midnight cake, round and heavy "'as a turret behind them on the table. "'My son, freckles like specks of nutmeg on his cheeks, "'chest narrow as the balsa keel of a model boat, "'long hands cool and thin as the day they guided him out of me, speaks up as a host for the sake of the group. We could easily kill a two-year-old, he says in his clear voice. The other men agree. They clear their throats like generals. They relax and get down to playing war, celebrating my son's life. The month of June, 13 and a half. As our daughter approaches graduation and puberty at the same time, at her own calm, deliberate, serious rate, she begins to kick up her heels, jazz out her hands, thrust out her hip bones, chant, I'm great, I'm great. She feels eighth grade coming open around her, a chrysalis cracking and letting her out. It falls behind her and joins the other husks on the ground. Seventh grade, sixth grade, the magenta rind of fifth grade, the hard jacket of fourth when she had so much pain, third grade, second, the dim cocoon of first grade back there somewhere on the path. "'and kindergarten like a strip of thumbsuck blanket "'taken from the actual blanket they wrapped her in at birth. "'The whole school is coming off her shoulders "'like a cloak unclasped, "'and she dances forth in her jerky, sexy child's joke dance of self, self, "'her throat tight and a hard new song coming out of it.' while her two dark eyes shine above her body like a good mother and a good father who look down and love everything their baby does the way she lives their love. Wonder as Wander At dusk on those evenings she does not go out, my mother potters around her house, her daily helpers are gone, There is no one there, no one to tell what to do. She wanders. Sometimes she talks to herself, fondly scolding. Sometimes she suddenly throws out her arms and screams. High notes, lying here and there on the carpets, like bodies touched by a downed wire. She journeys, she quests, she Marco Polos through the gilded, gleamy loot rooms. Who is she? I feel now that I do not know her, and for all my staring, I have never seen her, like the song she sang when we were small. I wonder, as I wander out under the sky, how Jesus, the Savior, was born for to die, for poor, lonely people like you and like I. On the slow evenings alone, when she delays and delays her supper, walking the familiar halls past the mirrors and night windows, I wonder if my mother is tasting a life beyond this life, not heaven, her late beloved is absent, her father absent, and her staff is absent. Maybe this is earth alone, as she had not experienced it, as if she is one of the poor lonely people, as if she is born to die. I hold fast to the thought of her, wandering in her house, a luna moth in a chambered cage. Fifty years ago, I'd squat in her garden with her red queens and try to sense the flyways of the fairies as they kept the pollen flowing on its local paths and our breaths on their course of puffs. They kept our eyes wide with seeing what we could see and not seeing
0: what we could not see. That was Sharon Olds recorded in New York City in 2009 and used by permission of Alfred A. Knopf, a division of Random House. You have been listening to the Essential American Poets podcast produced by the Poetry Foundation in collaboration with poetryarchive.org. To learn more about Sharon Olds and other essential American poets and to hear more poetry, go to poetryfoundation.org.